Oh yeah, we're back with another Extra Bases podcast with Bristol and Booth, Jason Bristol, Jeremy Booth. Jeremy, I'm wondering if we should just cue last year's post-draft podcast before we do this I'm so, one. I'm so tired of this. Oh boy. All right. So- all right, so let me let me just before we get into that, let's tackle Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel reportedly signing with the Atlanta Braves for thirteen million dollars for the rest of the season. However, he's actually getting a twenty-year, twenty-one million dollar deal prorated. He turned down seventeen point nine from the Astros, the qualifying offer. Did he overplay his hand, or will he be a winner by the end of? When this is all said and done, will we consider Dallas Keuchel the winner? So there was a lot of chatter on this while I was on the plane, right, coming back in. And, and by the way, for those of you that aren't um, you're not with us in the studio, obviously, it is 12.52 p.m. 12.52 a.m. On the uh, 7th, I believe. The 7th. So yeah. um, Jason doing his thing here at the station. I was flying back in, and, and here we are, right? Yeah. So All right, so Dallas um, Keuchel. So Dallas Keuchel, you still lost $5 bucks. Okay, now look. Scott Boris had a goal, had a goal, and that was to set a, a contract standard for Dallas Keuchel going into next year and the year after. And so he can technically say he signed a $21 million a year deal. He didn't. He signed a $13 million a year deal. So, you know, your $5 million under which you could have got, I don't know about you, but $5 million in my pocket hurts. I kind of want my $5 million. This is me. I'm partial to the millions. So good for the Braves, good for him. It's a one-year contract. It, it does set a standard, but – um, it, the answer to the question is I think that he overplayed his hand a, a million percent. Um, I don't think the value at $18 million was wrong. I think that nobody wanted to pay it. It's just the bottom line. Nobody wanted to pay $20, 21000000 million. So I said, we'll pay you 13 and call it 20 Does it help his case that now, next year when he signs, a team will not lose a draft pick? A million percent because that's a, that's a hiccup. It's happened every year. That's a hiccup with signing people. I mean, Kimbrell signed with the Cubs today, mm-hmm. yep. right? So, you know, right away, these guys, the draft is over the day that it's over. And you got both guys that were hung up signing one guy for three years, another guy for, you know, $13 million in a year, right? So um, the, the draft pick part of the CBA has hurt players every year. And this year it was Keiko and Kimbrell. Now, on to the first-year player draft. Now can I say I'm tired of it? Because I am really tired of this. The Astros selecting Corey Lee, catcher out of California. Jeremy is now looking to the sky, (laughs) shaking his head. Um, Listen, he wasn't ranked very highly by anyone, or at least most of your major scouting services. Baseball America had him, I think, in the 150-170 range. They said, Jeff Luno, after the selection, that, and the Astros said that basically they have tracked him for a while. Really? The production oh, I- was not good in the first two years. He did play pretty well. Of course, he was hitting behind one of the best college hitters we've seen in some time, and Andrew Vaughn. So, Jeremy, 10 years from now, how will we judge Corey Lee? <laughs> this is always tough because you know you don't want to hurt you don't want to beat the kid up he just he just got drafted in the first round in the right? first round congratulations to Corey lee um now comes the the not very fun part i'm really tired of watching this organization do this okay and i say that because just like i mean yeah hit rewind a year ago i've been in the draft room I know what it's like to get out and compete. I know what it means to draft impact. And while these guys took Seth Beer a year ago, 
right? Who's my favorite player of all time. The guy, the one thing he can do is, is, is he's, he'd hit. And we knew he could hit, but it was one thing. They took Jeremy Giambi, otherwise known as Seth Beer, in the first round. Well, this year they took Max Stassi, more offensive Max Stassi, in the first round. Basically a backup catcher. Backup catcher. Backup catcher. You don't take backup players and limited versatility guys in the first round. Last year we talked about the first baseman, right? You talk about Matt Laporta, some of those other guys that have been in that spot and 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 you know, Seth Beer didn't have a position. His position is left hand hitter. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Okay. And and while we're talking about Seth Beer, I'm gonna digress for a second. The reason, according to Jeff Luno, that Jordan Alvarez isn't in the big leagues because he can't prove he plays first base yet. And they don't need anybody in the outfield, right? So they got to have a position, is my point. Seth Beer doesn't have one. This kid is double, is double backwards. This kid is double backwards. He can drive the baseball, but there's not a whole lot of contact. And he can uh, really throw, but the receive and the catch function is a little bit questionable, right? What are you going to do with a guy with a rocket launcher that can't catch behind the plate? Then you have to catch it, turn around, and throw it to second base? What are you going to do with a guy that's got a bunch of raw power but can't hit? Now, I'm not saying this guy can't hit. I'm saying that it's upside down. Hit for power. The phrase isn't power for hit. It's hit for power. And it's not a cat. It's not a thrower behind the plate. It's a, wait for it, it's a catcher. Okay? So we're going to be in this position here. You need to start drafting some things that have some impact. You know, last year, their second rounder was better than their first rounder. Everybody said that across the board. Even Mike Elias on, in, 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 the, uh, in, in, his, in his conference, was like, press conference was like, oh, this guy is a real guy one we really liked. We took him in the second round. For what? Take him in the first round. Take the guy you like, and so we got to take. We're going to take Corey Lee. Now, I'm not one big on scouting services and rankings, and and, and I we don't do them. What we do, we don't mm-hmm. rank them. We go one to ten, and we stop, and we do it by event because you know what? You could put a hundred scouts in a room together with the same fifty players, and everybody's everybody's have a different list. Everybody has a different list. One to fifty, Jason. Everybody's got a different list. Okay. Yes, I know I'm rolling with this one because I'm so tired of this. Okay. But you turn around, and you got everybody: their grandmother, their mom. There's their, their uncle has this guy in 150, 180 range. It's fifth, sixth round. This guy could have gone in the third round. So the Astros once again took a kid in the, from the third round in the first round. Someone's got to explain that to me. And their answer isn't good enough. It's that the one they get, oh, he's, he's – stop it. What are you going to say? You just took him. What's the shave going to be this year? How much off the bonus money are we talking about now? What Seth, Seth Beard gave a shave last year, didn't he? Well, that's my – that's what I think is – I texted you uncle. after – I texted you after the draft, right? The, the first yeah. night, and I said, here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to sign him for under slot. They're going to sign him for under slot, and that will then save them some money somewhere else. And perhaps it is to sign Colin Barber, or the outfielder, the high school outfielder who, what, went in the fourth round? Yeah, look, I mean, look, the bottom line is that somebody from last year's draft and somebody from this year's draft, four or five guys, are going to play in the big leagues with somebody. Okay, so if we're going to judge the draft on drafts and big leaguers, they'll be average. They'll be average. There's a guy that we're going to talk about later that, you know, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of him. He's in big leagues. I wrote him up. Big leaguer. He's in big leagues. Doing well. Mm -hmm. But some of these guys are going to play in the big leagues. And nothing's saying that I'm always right. But you can't do this every time. It's like playing in the big leagues with 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 Round Rock Express. Like you can't do that every day. Maybe once in a while, it's fine. But eventually, you're going to look up and Corbin Martin who is a college reliever that you're going to tell the entire planet's a starter all of a sudden never happened. It happened before is now he's going to be the guy. Okay. Well, or maybe you maybe you got that one, right? With Seth beer, Seth beer is going to go ahead and he's going to be Jeremy G- or Jason Giambi said Jeremy John. Yeah. Maybe you got that one right too. Bukowski is going to be a starter. Mm, no, you can't get all these guys 
and say that you're the smartest guy on the planet. Like, you're just not the smartest guys on the planet. And if you go look at what Baltimore did, and I've been harder on Mike Elias than anybody since the first. So we broke in at the same year. I've been harder on Mike, Mark Elias, Mike Elias than anybody. And he took the best player available. He wasn't messing around when he got his own ship. He took the best player available. You guys aren't taking the best player available. You're taking the one that will just play for what you want to pay him. And that's going to ruin an organization. I'm tired of hearing this. Jeff Luno, these guys know how to draft. I'm not indicting any one person. This philosophy's got to stop. I just see a lot of organizational fillers. I think I think uh, Jordan Brewer, the outfielder from Michigan, probably has the best tools out of anyone in this class. But some of these players I'm somewhat familiar with, having seen them in summer ball, and they weren't very good. Jason, I mean, they were not very good. And believe me, I, I am I have I have nothing against drafting guys from smaller schools. I have no problem with it at all. But some of these guys. Um, where, to me, it screams organizational fillers and organizational fillers. Where's your impact? You know, a year ago, and I, I, I'm sure you got the clip somewhere. A year ago, when we looked at the draft, the word you used was underwhelming. Underwhelming. And I said, that's this a is great underwhelming way to say. again. So, how many times can you do that? And I'm not talking Before it about. catches up with right, you. Right. I'm not talking about any one guy. I'm not talking about any one guy on this list. I mean, look at this list. Again, somebody in this list is going to play in the big leagues. I mean, technically, Kyle Tucker is a big leaguer. In, May not be a very good one right at the moment in time, but he's a big leaguer. Somebody's going to play in the big leagues here. It's not just about drafting big leaguers. It's about drafting winning players. It's about impact. Draft winning players. Let me ask you this. I'm so tired of this. The Astros said after the first selection that Corey Lee is a guy who they think can advance quickly. Is it possible that the Astros know they have, to use, to use your term, aircraft carriers in the big leagues? And because they have those aircraft carriers, all they think right now is we just need to get them guys around them because we've already got our air, aircraft, car- aircraft carriers. That's a great excuse. The answer is no. Here's what they actually, they genuinely believe they're smarter than everybody else in baseball. I'm convinced. And, I, and, and how do you do this again and again and again? Again and again and again. We talked about Seth Beer a year ago. What was the term? I've used it all year because I love it. Historic, Historic production. production. Historic for who? Well, now we're talking about this guy. and He's, oh, he can really, he can stop a running game. He's a one-year he one performer, man. Miss me with that. What are we doing? It doesn't mean this guy is not a prospect. It means that at some point you can't play the safe route. You got to take something with some risk and some upside. And as good of a job as they did with Forrest Whitley to this point, right? I don't care how well you do in the minor leagues. You got to play in the big leagues. You got to be do do a good job in the big leagues. And that's just the name of professional sports. It's professional baseball. It's about winning in the big leagues. It's professional basketball. It's about winning in, winning in the NBA and winning the title. If it's, if it's professional hockey, it's about winning the Stanley Cup. It's about winning. It's about winning players that have impact to change the culture or the face of an organization. Every chance you get. You want to find a way to do that. And you look at this, and, and, and I, I, I ha- it's hard for me to put a name to it because, again, there's big leaguers on this list somewhere, but where's the winning players? Where's the impact? You know. And look, Mike New and those guys at Cal do a great job. They do a great job. But I, you know, and they'll never say it publicly that they were surprised that Corey Lee went in the first round. But you could have heard a pin drop second year in a row. Well, guess what? Corey Lee, in his conference call, he did say – 
it was a total surprise. He said, I didn't have any idea. This was a dream come true. It was a total surprise. Now, Chris Gross, the scouting director for the Astros, again, I was on the conference call, said, I can't speak to what other teams thought of him. We were infatuated with him early in the process. He had everything to offer at a premium position, and we were in. What do you want me to say to that? What, we I mean, think he can be an everyday catcher who provides plus defense behind the plate, really be a run stopper out there. You know what? You, and we think he can put up above average numbers and hit in the middle of the line. You better say it. You took him in the first round. My problem is that you actually believe it. You either believe it or you're lying. One of the two. And neither one in this situation is good. If the kid tells you he thinks he's a third rounder, what does that tell you about his mindset? Jeff's, Jeff Luno said we had a lot of guys on the board as we looked at who was likely to be there and we looked at all the guys, he stood out for us as the one we wanted. So that may be, but even then there was far better impact at that, at that time of the draft. Get, and you could have gotten him in a second round or third round, third round, third round. You know, part of the drafting process is knowing where you have to take them too. Yeah. You may think the guy's a first round talent and take him in the third round. It's a great draft. You think he's a third round or you take him in the first round. You're nuts. What is the deal? I was I was in a situation somewhere, and, and out of respect for the process that I went through at the time, I'm not going to tell you who or where. Okay. What I am going to say is, is that we had somebody who wanted to pay people five times what they asked for. It's not an exaggeration. Like if if, if the guy wanted a million bucks, he'd give him two. If the guy wanted a hundred or three hundred grand, he'd give him nine hundred. I'm not kidding. Why? For what reason? No idea. And it would blow the draft budget and it would it you, you limited yourself and other players and part of this thing is strategy. If you really believe he's a first rounder and you can get him in the third round because the rest of the industry doesn't think so, take him in the second. Yeah. Back him up. Don't hang your draft on this guy if you don't have to. Find something else that's going to give you a chance to carry. And, and you can only take so many safe college players. And this one, I'd argue, is less safe, less, less safe than Seth Beer because Seth Beer going back to high school could hit. It may not have been a historic production. You can still take that term yeah. and throw it somewhere else because it's not just a sort of production at Clemson. Mm-hmm. However, it's better than this dude. It's better than this dude. So... You can only do this so many times. Now, look, it, 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 I'll go back to beer for a second, comparing the two first-round picks, and I'm going to go back to the draft history a little bit as well while we're still talking about this infatuated Astros drafting history the last seven, eight years, which is driving me nuts with this stuff on Twitter. Come on. I mean, what, what, wait a minute. He did a great job in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. We can't take that away. I've said that before. How about those three first number one picks they had, or one and two? How about those? Let's go back to that. So Carlos Correa, okay, we got that one, yeah. right? All right, Brady Aiken. Turn into Bregman, but only by only because of rules. Coincidence. Coincidence. Okay, and who's the other one? Wait, wait, wait. What, was, what was his name? His name it, Pillow it, Appel. Mark Appel. Soft as a. Hmm. Yeah. So Mark Appel is at home. What have the Astros drafted here that has made any impact? They drafted role players. I was high on Tony Kemp. I had him in the third round. You might have my report somewhere. I love the guy. But yeah, we've but, we've showed it for, for what he was. Yeah. Tyler White, seventeenth round ish for what he is and i didn't see him then but for what he is like that's a good draft but what'd you get him 17th round if he helps your club great okay forrest whitley struggling in triple a hurt now mm-hmm. right okay kyle tucker we're, we're, okay at this point he is a triple a wonder okay and J- that's what he J. B. is jb bukowskis he is a triple a spring training wonder jb bukowskis well jeff luno's done a good job as trades yeah great job 
phenomenal job. He's done a good job of taking the core that was left left for left him left here by Bobby Heck and David Post and augmenting it through trades with the assets in the system. By the way, one of the most live body athletes in the draft, Cy Ranch's own JJ Goss. Who took him again? What was that? Some guy who used to yeah, some work here. Tampa, Tampa Rays. I oh. actually <clears throat> sent him a tweet and I said, look at you, Bobby Heck. <laughs> I didn't get a response. I wasn't expecting one. And this is what kind of, and we mentioned this before the draft. So tired of these what, And this is what we mentioned before the draft. These mock drafts that had the Astros taking a high school player. Complete joke. Yeah, no shot. Complete <laughs> no joke. Shot. There was no way they were going to take a high school player. I'm not sure they know high no school exists. No way. And these drafts that said J.J. Goss, they, no way. Now, if there was going to be a high school player, it might have been him because perhaps that player would give that team a hometown discount. We've seen that happen in the past. You want to play for the team you grew up rooting for, but there was no way. No way they were going to take a high school kid. They better pay these guys in the big leagues, man, because there's nothing coming after this. There's there's role players. Look at the system. Look who they have right now. Jack Mayfield. Love him. Mm-hmm. Love him. Can't take any, 28 Super years old. Jack. Can't take anything. 28 years old. Fought his way to the big leagues. Great job. I wrote him up back then. A lot of the guys did too, but he was a free agent sign, and, and he gets to the big leagues with this club at 28. Is he going to win you a World Series? Just, I mean, being no, honest, I no, mean, he's not. As a role player, possibly. He'll help but, you. Yeah. Okay, he's not going to win it for you. No. The guys that are here, technically, do you know who the scouting director was when Carlos Correa was drafted? Would you like to know? Because I can tell you. It was Bobby Heck. Do you know who drafted Lance McCullers? Bobby Heck. Do you know who drafted George Springer? You guessed it. Bobby Heck. Okay? Everybody else in this roster right now, Tuve was here before any of that crew, right? Peacock was, was acquired, mm-hmm. was he not? Yep. Um, Verlander trade. Keiko was a draft. By Cole, Bobby Kett, by Bobby Heck. Cole was a trade. Cole's a trade. Osuna's a trade. Okay. Chirinos is a Presley's free agent. Presley's a trade. All right. Chirinos free agent. Okay. The first base, Guriel. I mean, that's a free agent. That's a sign, yeah. That's a uh, what international else? What sign. have they done in the draft? Fisher. Although, I mean, What Derek, year was that, 13? You're right. Derek has, um, he has not been able to produce at, a, at an extended player in the major league. 13, right? 2013? Is that right? 13 or 14? I can't remember. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting with Derek Fisher, sitting with my former super important boss, and I'm sitting with Derek Fisher in the Cape, and I was really, I was enamored with the guy. I mean, yeah. I, I get it, but yeah. role player. What have they done to impact the big league club? And you start, you continue to take guys like this, and they're, what they've been doing is doing a great job of, of harnessing some things they've done in development, did a good job there, and they've done a great job with guys who are no longer are here, by the way. All the guys that got these guys in the big leagues, they've been fired or moved on, okay? It's not the crew that's here now while we're still talking about it. And when it comes to the guys at the big league front office and how they're drafting and, and, and augmenting the big league club, done a great job of bringing players in to help. The drafts have been terrible. Been terrible, and somebody's got to say it. Now they can sit there and say, you know, I remember some, one guy said to me last year in the postseason, he said, you're ever going to give us a break? I said, draft better. Draft better. I'm not going to give you a break. Draft better. You know why? Because that's how you build a club. You have a city who waits all year for this, and they wait for these guys to get to the big leagues, and you do this all the time? You've got to be kidding me. And, again, I don't fault Corey Lee at all. I mean, if you're a first, if they take you in the first round, and even if they say, listen, we're going to sign you to this amount, which is below slot, 
shoot, man. Take it. Take it, 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 take it. But again, this was another underwhelming effort on when I looked at some of the names. Again, most of them I don't really know. And a couple of them I do know. And the times that they were playing in the places that I know about, they did not, they weren't. And, and you're a benefit of the doubt guy. Like you've always been a benefit of the doubt guy. Like you see well, both listen, sides you can't, of it. I, these people that, that sit here and give dra- draft grades the day after, like, no, you're, I mean, you're not going to give. That's fair. You're, you, you can't do that. That's you fair. Can't. That's fair. Four or five years from now, that's when we give draft grades. Now, I can say underwhelming. I think that's... How does this... No disrespect to the kid. He just got a chance for professional baseball. How does this guy go, what, 32? Mm-hmm. How does this happen with the guys that are on the board? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were still... There were some impact college guys still available. Well, you know they're taking college, right? Yeah. So throw high school out the, out, the, yeah. out the window. They could take a your guy. What was, the, what was his name again? <laughs> taking your guy in the first round. We've been like, yeah, it makes sense. Spencer Henson, who oh, got drafted by the New York Yankees yeah, in the ninth know. round. Yeah, I don't, I don't And know. listen, I may be wrong, probably will be, but I think he can hit. I know he you can know hit. You know what? But he had numbers to produce it, and he had a track record. Yeah. Which, remind, which he, was a little a bit A track like, record in college summer league ball? Yeah. A track record. Now, granted, I know it's not the Pac-12. Right. We, well, we said it last time, and I asked you who reminded you of, and you kind of said Goldschmidt, and I, I forget who I said. You said uh, Tyler White. Tyler White, but Goldschmidt had a track record of hitting when the he eighth did. Round, okay, when did this guy go ninth round? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, Corey Lee, you know, nothing against him, but I mean, just the reaction when he went off the board was like, um, who, what, where? You know, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, but these guys think they got it all figured out. So, look, there's two types of people in this game, Jason. Do you, you know the saying? Two types of people in baseball. Those that have been humble and those are about to be. And at some point, we all learn that we don't have it all figured out. Okay? The drafts from the Houston Astros from 2013 on have yielded big leaguers. I say 2013 because Bobby was still here in 2012. They've yielded big leaguers. That's a fact. They haven't yielded any impact. The impact that's here has been acquired through trade or was left for them. What do you do next? And that's why they couldn't make any deals in the offseason they tried to make for Real Muto, anything else like that, because nobody wanted what they had in the system. And what they did ask for, which was Forrest Whitley, they weren't giving up. And I understand, I, don't, I would have done it, but I understand why they didn't do it, because there's nothing else in their system behind it. Now, it's quite possible that Corey Lee is a late bloomer. Now, this is something I just did. We all know his stats at Cal. Cal. They were good as a junior. In 2018, in the North Woods League, it's a pretty good league. Go on. 57 games. And I don't have a slugging percentage here. 283, six homers, 44 runs driven in, 43 walks, 43 strikeouts. That's what did it. He (laughs) He had 21 extra base hits in 57 games. So, at least that makes me feel a little bit better. Well, that's, the fact where, that's, that he's, that's where they send freshmen. Yeah, you're right. So he's no, you're right. Up, you're right. Send freshmen. You'll send the freshmen and there, freshmen, and then they go to the Cape as a right. sophomore. And, and, and the really, the really good ones go to the Cape right no, away. Right. No, you're right. And they go to either USA Baseball. So he played two years. League. He played two years uh, in the Northwoods League. He hit, I just looked this up, 266, three homers, 30 runs driven in his first year, 2017. And then um, 
No, you're right. He's old for the quote unquote old that second year around. I, I he got, should do better. I got nothing. He should do better. And nothing. I mean, but that's what did it. Forty three walks and forty three strikeouts. That's great plate discipline. Let's take him. Four million. No, not that much. I'm sorry. Four hundred thousand. It's like two. I think his slot was two seven. Two 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 six. Two two six. Yeah. But so what? They they'll sign him for two million. You think? A million five. No. Uh, who knows with this crew? Guy was gonna get. If he was in the third round, how much was he gonna get? The Son Brown went third round, got 800, 800 uh, K, and that was eighth pick, ninth pick of the third round. How many guys from Program 15, New Balance, Future Star Series, International Week participants, how many of those did you have drafted? 18. 18. Yeah, as far as the, ser- the, the, the International Week, as far as the overall series, uh, I think we were, you know, for nationals last mm-hmm. summer, I think we are in the 30s. And then as far as the, uh, the partner programs we have, that was sky high. You know, we have some pretty good historic programs that – have done a really good job over time. Had some guys drafted out of college. So, like real historic or or that Seth other historic? historic? No, this is real historic. Okay. These guys have been doing a long time. Daniel Espino, your guy. Yeah, he's drafted fun. by the Indians. Shocker, because they last year took another one of your guys, Bo Naylor, Scotty Barnsby, my boy. Um, he uh, Daniel had the best arm, best right-handed arm in the draft. It was. Uh, Fun to watch him because I saw him. He was 87, 88. You know, it was, I was, you know, per, his perfect game is in Georgia's in their backyard. And whatever reason, they weren't on him, you know. And, and these guys say, hey, man, you got to come see this kid. So guess what? When I saw him, tonight it's 88, 87, 88, touching 90. I'm like, this kid's going to throw 100, sure enough. I mean, that's expression. Like, you don't really believe he's going to throw 100. Guess what? It's 100, you know. He's going to pitch as a starter. Um, he's got some delivery risk. That's why he lasted a 24. Four, I think the pick mm-hmm. was twenty-four. He's got some delivery risk and some things that he that he has to fight through. But those, his development system down there has been pretty good with the Georgia Premier Sox. At the very good. least, you've got a closer candidate, right? Yeah, he's a starter. He can pitch. He's okay. a starter. You know, the arm action is a little funky, but he gets through it. Um, you know, and JJ Goss was the next guy come off the board, and then Kyron Paris, and um, you know, down on the third rounders and fourth rounders, and you know, Glenn Allen Hill Jr. went in the fourth round, and Desan went in the third round, and. Um, we had Dylan Rosario in the sixth round. So, I mean, it kind of unfolded. Some of these guys didn't want to sign. A lot of these guys were offered, they went later, mm-hmm. you know, five, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred grand. They didn't want to sign. They want to go to college because they're watching what's happening with college and the numbers. And they're yeah. like, I'm going to go to school. Guess what? I'll go pitch at Texas, Jared Southern, for example. And you're going to pay me three million instead of six hundred grand. And I can't fault him for that because no. he'll, he'll get it. Yeah. So, I can't fault him. So, um, it, was, it was a good year. It, it improved on last year. The 34 players that we had eligible to sign a contract this time around um i want to say that 18 were drafted and 22 of them will have that opportunity so that's i'm I'm pretty happy with that time for flashback jeremy's scouting report and with the orioles coming to town i found 2013 yeah you had to dig for that one joseph mancini Otherwise known now as Trey Mancini. Notre Dame, right? Yep. Now with the Baltimore Orioles, first baseman DH. Here's what Jeremy wrote, your summary. Now, I will preface this by saying you saw him in one game for five at-bats. So I think that you don't have a lot of history with him. And I think that that certainly has to be taken into account when you read this report because you're writing on one game. I've looked at the report. I'm, I feel pretty good about it, but okay. it is one game. I will tell you this. 
my very one of my first mentors in scouting was was Darren Johnson and, and Tim O'Neill, um, and ironically, um, one of my one of our advisory board members who became a very good friend of mine, Sean Johnson, is now the scouting director with the Twins. They took three of our guys. Wow, they took three back to back to back, the thirty fifth, thirty sixth, thirty seventh round. It was great. I sent him the the pictures, and he's like. He laughs, goes, you're welcome. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, he didn't mean to do it. He didn't do it for me. These kids are early round talents. But the point is, is that the twins were all, all about making a call. That was their make a call. You see a guy one time, that look matters. Like put him in the system, right? And other people, other organizations didn't do it that way. But that really had a lot to do with making, with helping me develop as a scout. See him and make a call. And so this is what you get out of that. You get a report that's a look that maybe doesn't carry as much weight as a guy who has seen people six times or eight times. But I ran across this guy somewhere, and guess what? Big leagues. What do you got? Summary on Joseph Trey Mancini. Backup first base DH in major league role. No positional versatility or value. Okay around the bag. Can make the routine play when he gets into position. Has strength in all fields power. Can see him leveraging balls to the pull side with power. Has some feel to make contact and can defend the outer third of the plate. Pull side approach fist and is in and out of the zone with his approach. Needs to hit to have any value. Would take 10, 10th round. Must take 10, 10th round. Your hitting ability, 20 out of 80 scouting scale. You said future 50. It's about 265. Raw power, you said 60. Yeah. Power production, 55. That's about 18 to 25. Risk factor, no versatility or value beyond first base. Um, doesn't hit, or excuse me, uh, determination, doesn't quit, competes, athleticism, mild average, physical description, big hands and feet, long arms, legs, player comparison. You're like, Jeremy, Jeremy's like, get to the good part. Player comparison, Dave McCarty. Yeah. I was I think that's a little light. Well, I wasn't sure what his role was going to be. Dave McCarty was a guy that... That had this different type of player, but the role was, you know, he played a little bit at first base, a little bit of the outfield. They're trying to find a spot for him, and the bat never came around, right? This guy's obviously hit, and, you know, he's hit for power the last couple of years. He's had 24 home runs each of the last two years. He's got 13 now. Um, he's playing on a second division club or a third division club, right? So. You mean like in the 1962 yeah, so, New York Mets division? Right. So, so, so he's got enough at bats there for that yeah. that 50 you know power or 50 hit, 55 power to matriculate where he's actually developed into better. Mm-hmm. It's more like 55 and 60 is what it is. It's it's, it's a well, it's 55 and 55. It's it's a regular bat which you'd put in here, let's say in Houston, and you'd be happy to have him. All right, real quick. It's another big leaguer, though. Just it saying. is another big leaguer. Real quick, um, I'm going through the North Woods League's top prospects from 2018. North Woods League is very interesting. They have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder at the North Woods League. They believe that they're the number one college summer league in the country. What's that song by Journey? Don't Stop Believing." Yeah. <laughs> so they, um, if I have this right... They prevent their managers and coaches from speaking with media members who compile top prospects lists. Makes sense. So, I'm using this one only because they list more than your top 10. Where's Corey at? In the top 30 from Perfect Game, 
Corey Lee sits at number 19 last summer. Oh, boy. And I don't, I mean, you know what I feel about their scouting ability for the most part. I mean, I'll say it. And they have some guys that are good and some guys who just report the news. Let me see if I can get Baseball America, if he even made the list. 2018, here we go. Do, 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 do. We could have some nice music here. 43 walks, 43 strikeouts. First round. He is not on the top 10 last year. Although Joe Randa's kid who got drafted, Jake Randa, he's here. What pit? What number? Number seven. And where did he go in the draft? I don't remember. 17th round. So, you know, hey, you walk 43 times, strike out 43 times, I'll give you $2 million. Deal? I'll take it. I can do that right now. I can walk 43 times and strike out 43 times. I'll play. He so, got bumped up because of need, too, right? That they don't have any catchers. Don't draft that way. Yeah, you Ever. don't. Not at that position, no. right? Never. And you always take the number. You always take best player on your board. Oh. And he, maybe he was the best player on their board. I don't know. But, hey, listen, Corey Lee, Houston is rooting for you. Houston can't wait to see you That's in a, a Tri-Valley, Tri-Cats, New York Penn League jersey. <laughs> Like I, I have no doubt this guy's going to get through a ball pretty quick. We'll yeah. figure it out. He'll he'll find out in Double A. You say that for a lot of guys. This guy's gonna, he's going to move quick through the lower levels. He, should, he doesn't belong in rookie ball. He doesn't belong in low a, in in short season A. He needs to get the A ball and see what he does, and we'll, we'll find out there. But um, well, he'll start out in the Gulf Coast League. You know why? Why taxes? Oh, they send the guys to Florida initially to help them with their uh, taxes. He's a Calif- he's a California kid, so that's going to help. Yeah. All righty. It is now 1.25 in the morning. This was supposed to be a shorter podcast, and we went 37 minutes. Yeah. Well, the frustration will do that. All right, my man. Uh, have a safe trip to wherever you're headed next, yeah, which I think is Ohio. Baltimore first. Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, Ohio, and California. All right. The Mid-Atlantic, kind of. Kind of. All right. For Jeremy, I'm Jason. Thanks for watching. Extra Bases. Extra Bases.